Hello, I'm Grace Chen, Lina So Eng. Welcome to the Curious Podcast featuring outstanding women in tech and science in Asia. We unpack their journeys and also take a look at what lies ahead for their industry. Our guest today is Aurora Duhamel, who is in digital innovation at Singapore Airlines. Welcome, Aurora. So, Aurora has made her name as an innovator in the blockchain sphere. So today, she's going to demystify what blockchain and metaverse are all about. Thank you. Very nice to meet you. So you mentioned that when you did this uh, initiative, what uh, you came up with was the first for the industry where you built um, the world's largest global blockchain alliance in aviation, serving different sectors such as supply chain, maintenance, repair and operations, as well as flight operations. Could you just elaborate on your project? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe um, maybe yeah, to, to share with you. Uh, so this was in my uh, in my previous company, but basically I, I got into blockchain very quite early actually, um, by the beginning of the technologies in uh, 2017. So uh, back then actually uh, it was still very new actually this uh, bitcoin just uh, went uh, up for the first time um and everybody was wondering okay so what's this technology about and uh what's around this so um yeah and back then i was working at the cita um and uh, which is an aviation tech company and uh, basically we were thinking of okay so um cita is a messaging company so basically they, they send in kind of Postal email, let's say, um, uh, between uh, companies like uh, airlines, airport, etc. For example, when the um, aircraft is arriving to an airport, like as some messages exchange, right? So this goes through a special uh, network, which is uh, for aviation, which is CETA. Um, so what we thought it would be interesting is that uh, blockchain is an ecosystem technology which links up together uh, many. Um, different um, uh, companies, right? So instead of sending a message one by one to uh, different people, then you just send once to the network and uh, then uh, it's, it's treated by the smart contract, right? So it was quite key uh, back then for this company because blockchain had the power to completely disrupt uh, messaging, uh, which could have been a problem for, for um, the company, right? So basically um, we took a step back and actually thought about what are, what are something that blockchain brings that messaging that is more difficult to do for messaging, right? So, um, and we studied on a few use cases which are more for enterprise blockchain. So enterprise blockchain doesn't have any um, coin or crypto or actually, because you don't need, really need like, you know, a coin or a crypto to work between companies. Um, this would be probably more means of payment for, for people. Um, but uh, but yeah, so maybe to tell you a use case of uh, enterprise blockchain, which is um, quite taking off right now, is around uh, traceability of assets. Um, so for example, if you're taking, um, let's say I want to send a package from, uh, from, uh, from Singapore to France. Um, so that package would go through uh, me, I would give it to a freight forwarder, would take it to the airport, a ground handler, put it in a container, uh, an airline flies it, um, there's the customs, there's the taxes in the middle. And when you arrive, you have all the way back into the, the, the uh, custodian, right? 
Ian Consigny. So um, there on this whole chain, just for sending one package, you may have more than 10 different companies handling the shipments, uh, which is actually quite complex because even nowadays when you, you send a package like this, sometimes it's very difficult to track where it, where it is. Uh, traceability is, um, it can be an issue and uh, disrupt disruption management as well. Um, because for example, let's say uh, if I'm sending some, if there's a shipment of a fish uh, which goes on the tarmac in Dubai for uh, hours, um, then it's, I mean, with the heat, it, this shipment is just, you can't eat it anymore and it's highly not advised. So this shipment needs to be um, destroyed. Um, but because the systems today are only connected one-to-one, uh, the time that it takes to for each person to go back across the chain uh, is quite time-taking. And then the, the person sending the shipment, the person receiving it, uh, can be saying, okay, so where's my shipment? What's happening? I don't know. Uh, so that can be quite um, an issue. Um, so the advantage of blockchain is that instead of having some many back and forth between two people one by one, uh, you just connect to one system, which is linking the whole ecosystem together so that if something happens, everybody knows. If there's a change of custody, I give it to someone else, everybody knows so that we can really trace down transparently uh, where are these um, goods going. So that can have many um, applications, for example, even for uh, fighting against counterfeits or to tracking down the origin um, of goods. Um, so a certificate of origin and this type of things can be uh, traced down um, with this technology. So, so yeah, that's a, that's one of the use cases for uh, enterprise blockchain. Um, yeah, which makes custodianship an interesting issue, isn't it, Grace? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I was just thinking about the example that Aurora gave about the fish sitting in the Dubai airport. Yeah. So, if I'm a consumer and I'm looking at the fish in the supermarket, will there yeah. come a time when I'm yeah. able to say? scan a QR code and then I get into the blockchain and I see this traceability? Yeah, it could be possible actually. So there's um, uh, quite a few companies which are working on this. Um, um, I think it really took up quite a bit in the diamond industry at the beginning so mm -hmm. that uh, people can trace down, okay, where is it coming from? Is that a true diamond or not? Um, and this type of things. But but yeah, definitely this, uh, this type of thing are being uh, traced down now and for many different uh, type of goods. Um, I think some companies are doing this for olive oil also, for fish, for, for many different things, actually. Mm. Okay. So, but there are many types of blockchains uh, available today, right? So there is the blockchain for the Bitcoin and then there's Ethereum. So how, how, did, it, how did all of this start? You know, how did this blockchain start? Mm. Question, actually, it's true that nowadays there's, many many different type of blockchains and uh, every day it feels like there's a new one um, already but um actually it all started um with bitcoin in 2008 um actually the reason the bitcoin was created is that after the uh, financial crisis um there was a there was a lot of people who actually thought that banks couldn't really be trusted uh, anymore um because uh, because of the financial crisis back then right so but the, the reason that um, people were using banks is that um, banks act, act as a centralized ledger so that if someone 
give them money and someone else give you money. They track the account of everybody on one ledger, right? It's one company, so that's uh, useful. But if you don't have a person monitoring this, how can you imagine a system where people can exchange some money, which is being verified, and you know that you know he's not sending some money that he doesn't have? Um, so that's where uh, Bitcoin came in uh, with this distributed ledger uh, technology. Everybody keeps a copy of the blockchain and checks on every new transaction if um, this transaction is true or not. And based on the whole network, it's kind of like having being alone in a, in a room and you exchange some money. And instead of having one person which is monitoring if you're exchanging between these two people, then you have the whole world looking at you doing this transaction. So if something goes wrong everybody would know or at least some people would know that uh, it doesn't um, it doesn't go through right so this, sorry um, but this distributed uh, architecture means that it takes time right so because you need if you have 100 people on that blockchain you need to go to 100 people to get their approval <laughs> Yeah, so that's why Bitcoin actually is a quite old technology now. So it's um, there are new ways of doing a consensus these days. So the one I just described on tackling on all the nodes of the network uh, necessitates um, a lot of computing power and it's called proof of work. So basically you make people computers work a lot <laughs> so that they solve them, um, you know, the, the truth of the next block. But nowadays there are, um, there are newer technologies for consensus. Uh, so, for example, the popular one is around the proof of stake, which is um, instead of asking all the network nodes, you just take like um, a, a part of it and you randomly actually ask uh, the, um, the nodes of the network. And starting from a certain amount of nodes and randomness as well, uh, you can assume that it's it the truth you know you don't need to, to check with everybody yeah so so yeah so i guess there's a few um new consensus which are coming in but um i think also one of the good things to mention about blockchain is that bitcoin was only a single use for payments mm. but what ethereum brought in uh, in 2015 is that it enables to um add more properties to the tokens created in the blockchain and enables also to have the capability to do smart contracts. So smart contracts basically to encode some um, business logics uh, on the um, on the tokens. And uh, this led also to the creation of standardization uh, of tokens. So for example, uh, there's ERC20, which is for cryptocurrencies, ERC721, um, which is for uh, NFTs. And uh, this enabled them um, a large, um, uh, development in these areas as well. You're listening to the Curious Podcast Asia featuring top women in STEM. Tune in every Monday to a new episode featuring outstanding women in technology and science. Subscribe to the Curious Podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google. Mm, you mentioned two, but there are so many like uh, there's mm. uh, Solana, Avalanche, Polygon. How... How, how does that work? I mean, you know, how does one choose which one? And then how, mm -hmm. how do they work with each other? Yes. So um, actually, there's two things, which is one is a, a blockchain itself. So there's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and others. And the other one is the standards of how do you create a token on this um, blockchain? So um, I think ERC20 now is quite uh, popular. And some blockchain, even if they're not Ethereum, are 
um, compatible with uh, ERC20. So at least that they can exchange the token around. Uh, but it's true that uh, interoperability between blockchain um, is still an area which is being worked on. Um, so there's been a lot of development, such as if you have a token on um, Hedera, for example, and you want to send it to um, Ethereum, right now there are some interoperability possible where you, for example, you burn the token on Hedera and it creates one in Ethereum. But this is still under movement uh, because uh, some people found some um, um, errors or like hacks. They're doing this, uh, so so yeah, it's definitely an er um, an area which is in big development now. Yeah. So you given us insights into blockchain, but what are the challenges to solve going forward? Um, so there's different things, right? Um, in terms of the challenges, you can think of, um, I think there's four um, main ones which I can think of. Um, one we just discussed about is around interoperability between different chains. Um, another one is also regarding governance, because um, if you don't have a single central entity, to handle like a service, then you need the whole network to work together to uh, define a roadmap and to you know define some uh, improvement um, areas and such. Um, so in the case of B two B companies, for example, this takes a structure of a consortium uh, where companies come together and they sign an agreement to enter this this consortium group and um, things that needs to be discussed is, for example, on the privacy rules. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you want to share your data, but of course you don't want everybody to see all your data. Um, some of it should be available only to the next person in the chain. Some of it may be sensitive and, uh, and not shared. And things like who can read this data, who can write, and when can they write this data uh, needs to be specified in the smart contract. And um, either for companies, it takes a form of consortium, but uh, there's also some uh, other types which are uh, coming up, which is uh, called the DAU, so uh, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Um, and, uh, and this is basically a forum that everybody can propose some improvement and then the, um, uh, there's some voting rights and people can vote to see, okay, which is a features I want to see next. Yeah. So kind of a co-working group. So the DAO is the one that's going to come up. Yeah, there's already quite a few now, but um, that leads to the third challenge, which is also on the legal aspects. Mm -hmm. So what type of a legal structure do you create for such entities, right? Because our um, you need to have, for example, don't to create an, an organization, it needs to have one person on the name of it, which is handling it, right? But yeah, basically there's a lot of uh, movement around this as well as also I mentioned about NFTs and it's it's a um, quite big growing area right now around um, ownership of digital assets. And one area around this is how to um, manage the taxes around this uh, when people are buying this online, how can you track it? How can you... Uh, have the right taxes and in which country. 
Um, there's also the whole regulatory framework, which needs to be um, tackled, which, uh, which are rules, for example, on how to um, make sure that there's no money laundering, how to make sure that you um, are compliant with your KYC on checking your uh, customer. Um, so yeah, things like this are, are quite in a movement. And I think a lot of governments are also um, getting into this and getting to understand and know the technology and how to fix the boundaries, yeah. Yeah, I think we should um, ask Aurora about uh, being in this industry. Grace, your favorite topic? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's uh, just listening to her. It sounds as though blockchain is very very technical. So you do need to be studying computer science to get into this field. Mm, oh, actually, it sounds quite technical. Um, but actually. Most of the time, you unless you really want to work at the network level, mm. uh, if you want to work on some application levels, or even if you want to create some NFTs, you, you don't need to have um, technical skills or coding skills for this. Um, nowadays, there are platforms which enable you to uh, create um, NFTs, for example, like uh, OpenSea. You just um, yeah. do your artwork and go on it and just submit it. So it, it's not... You don't really need to to know the details of the technical stuff, um, and it's a very big growing area right now uh, with many um, industry of, uh, uh, of applications. So either in art, either in um, um, uh, consumer goods, either in B two B like businesses. So there's I think there's many different type of skill sets um, which are needed there. So. You don't need to to know the technical. <laughs> what are some of the skills that you you need? You know, I think it's interest for the technology at first, uh, and interest on this because um, so what we call the Web three revolution right now is is really booming, right? So um, the idea is like Web one was just when you could read uh, some message online. Web two you can read and can write so facebook instagram platform types and web3 is you can read you can write and you can own um these different assets so so yeah so this is powered by blockchain of course which can enable you to uh, have the digital uh, have the unicity of a digital asset and um be able to own it uh, as well so i think in terms of a skill set this is an area which is moving quite fast. So usually in universities and such, there's no um, real uh, curriculum around this yet. Uh, there are some pieces of it, but basically because every month uh, there's some new um, news which are popping out, it's really yeah. around uh, learning by yourself, um, starting to, to get your hands on it, um, uh, trying out your MetaMask account, for example, for NFTs, trying out to um, maybe exchange a bit of crypto from fiat and exchange between crypto. So just starting from there um, and learning uh, from, from what you can see on the internet is already uh, quite good. Yeah. 
you know, I used to think that communications is interesting. If I was um, looking at careers starting from in the well, this century, I would definitely, well, maybe not century now, maybe it's just decades. <laughs> it's, uh, this is the industry to be in, isn't it, Grace? Yeah, I know. It's so interesting um, to be able to, as Aurora says, well, first one was to read, second one was to read and write, and then the third is to read, write, and own. And I think even participate, right? Uh, with the with the metaverse, so I think that's really really interesting. Well, thank you very much, Aurora, for your time uh, explaining uh, blockchain and the insights. I'm going to go and see how I can acquire some fiat, Grace. <laughs> sure that this industry blockchain has. You can listen to the Curious Podcast featuring outstanding women in tech and science in Asia on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And with that, Grace and I would like to say bye. Bye. bye.